Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So traditional energy sources are seen by our federal government as drivers of a climate emergency. And so Canada's profitable. Economy-driving natural energy sector is incessantly punished and marginalized by Ottawa. We're seeing fuel supply disruptions in the UK now and elsewhere globally. Prices for gasoline and diesel are constantly climbing. And in Canada, the Trudeau carbon tax costs Canadians more at the pump and at the grocery store checkout. Inflation is climbing while the pandemic is still underway. Add to this that a frigid Canadian winter is just around the corner and heating of homes and other living spaces will shortly become critical. There's no other way to put it. In January, heating your home is a critical reality. Dan McTague is the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. I've known Dan for many, many years. I talked to him about this issue when he was a Liberal Member of Parliament for 18 years. So, Dan, thank you for coming on the program. Is anything that I've said incorrect? Does does it need to be disputed? Do you want to challenge anything I've just said? No, but I would add, and thank you for having me, Roy, uh, the fact that I think Canadians are, uh, generally speaking, unaware of just how significant and how important uh, our energy sector is, not just to maintaining our, you know, our, our standard of living and, of course, the cost of living within it. Many tend to uh, you know, completely set aside the fact this is an industry, the oil and gas sector. Uh, and, and a sector, by the way, Roy, which you know full well, I took on for many years, at least on the competition side, uh, generates 25 to 30 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars a year in net revenues for the federal, provincial, and municipal governments. Heck, it even pays for some of the green organizations out there that have their handout, uh, you know, to get federal, provincial, uh, regional funding in order to complain about the oil and gas sector. We have... Uh, perhaps, and I, I think not even arguably, the cleanest uh, menu of energies available. Uh, our technologies have evolved dramatically. The amount of methane has dropped 25-30% in the past 10 years from many of those explorations. Uh, natural gas, which is our biggest exporter uh, and our biggest product, uh, you know, uh, continues to be the way ahead as we make the so-called transition. Unfortunately, uh, things the wheels are coming off globally. We are seeing an energy crisis, the likes of which we haven't seen since 2008, and I, I can get into further detail in, in that. But when you see natural gas prices now three times higher than what they were this time last year, September of 2020, compared to September of 2021, you mentioned the colder weather that's coming. This it means that we are going to see prices, not quite like they're seeing in Europe, where they've denied and banned uh, fracking for natural gas, but you're going to see prices that we on, on par with things we haven't seen in a good 12 or 13 or 14 years. Back to a time when, you know, worries about the climate were considered and, and, and are still considered to be extraordinarily far-fetched. So 
Look, there, there's, a, there's a line of thinking that goes like this, and I'll see emails about this. If I say anything that is supportive of um, creating our uh, taking advantage of our energy resources and selling them internationally, that I am somehow totally committed to pollution, which is absolutely, and they know it, that is just so false. We all want to live in a, in a sustainable and clean climate. We all want that. And this country is the best at, I would argue, uh, in the world at creating the, 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 the most responsible um, fuels for sale, energy for sale. Yep. So it's, it's fallacious to suggest that if you're saying we should be taking advantage of what we have, we're blessed to have, selling it internationally, bringing in, as you say, multiples and multiples of billions of dollars into this country to fuel our economy, particularly given the huge deficits, that we, the massive, the un, unprecedented deficits we've been running in the last couple of years. It, it is, it's just common sense. But we, we can't seem to get our heads around that. But we are. It's, Dan, we, it's October. It will not be long now before the fuel bills, the energy bills, start to increase, and they're going to be big. Propane is three times higher in price than what it was last year. Uh, so that's because the propane inventories are down 31%. We're at a very dangerous level. Uh, we know the electricity prices have gone up in the province, thanks to, uh, and across the country, uh, thanks to uh, uh, government's overemphasis on electricity being, you know, all things to all people and generated by unreliable renewables. So not to take away from them, but they, they can't provide the base load. The natural gas, oil, or more importantly, in our province and other provinces, hydro or, or nuclear can use. So I think we have to really understand a little bit about our thinking. It's almost a knee-jerk reaction for us to dump on our own. But what we fail to understand is that without a viable natural gas and oil sector, uh, this country uh, will not survive. Not just paying its bills and paying for its hospitals and its, uh, you know, for the social safety net out there that we all take for granted, for which... All parties seem to have a more creative way of, of spending more money in order to make people happy in things like the election. I think we have to recognize there is no other country in the world that's beating itself up quite the way that Canada is. And I think it's it's come to a point where I think Canadians are going to need something in the order of a major recession in order to really appreciate and understand how important and vital this industry well, is. Well, it's stunning, is it not, when you look at what's going on. We have a tanker ban on the West Coast and no tanker ban on the East Coast. And amazing. Really, just think about that. There's a tanker ban on the west coast of Canada. Somehow the east coast of Canada doesn't require a tanker ban. Yeah. I suppose the environment there isn't as important or isn't as, as worthy of, 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 of protection as the west coast environment. It just doesn't make any sense. And the fact, I keep coming back to this, we're buying 700,000 plus barrels of oil every yeah. day from other countries, some of them with horrible human rights records. Yeah, yeah. But we're spending the money every single day of the year. Seven billion a year, and you don't think that that winds up cascading uh, into a weaker Canadian dollar, uh, which of course drives up the price of everything. You don't think that, that makes its way into less revenues for governments or less economic activity, yeah, it makes but, Canada a less attractive place. Yeah. I mean, the Americans are happy; they're the ones selling it to us, but we can't in turn sell it to them. And uh, unfortunately, we're only doing it to ourselves. I fear that what we're seeing here now, uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, Roy, I think it's become very evident that Canada has an inflation problem. It has a lack of growth problem. That's called stagflation, and get ready for it, because it's about to smack every single voter in this country. Dare I say even folks that I know, who were a lot smarter a generation ago here in Toronto in the GTA, 
but cheerfully vote for more of the same. Well, you're going to see a lot of it. Wait till interest rates also have to respond yeah. to the fact that inflation is out, is out of control. And we have to drive. We are a country where that is very mobile. We have to drive. Mm-hmm. We don't have the the uh, public transit infrastructure to take care of what we require, so we have to drive. And the other day, I filled out my car. My car. My car, Dan. A hundred bucks to fill out my car. <laughs> I'm not talking about an 18-wheeler. I'm talking about four wheels on the ground. A hundred bucks. Well, you don't have $100,000 to buy a, a need be? No, I had, to, I had to borrow at the gas pump. I had to go from pump to pump with my hat upside down. You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, clean fuel standard, December. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. 18 cents a liter. What? Increase. What did you say? Yeah. On December 1st, 2022, in 14 months, every gas pump except for British Columbia across this country will see gas increase 16 cents a liter plus HST. Now, assuming the Liberals don't raise that 2%, I, I think that's inevitable. Well, that's the latest carbon tax installment, is it? That's the number two carbon tax. And of course, diesel, 18, 19 cents. Tell me how that won't affect public transit. That will not affect uh, transportation, affect the grocery checkout, affect farmers. This is this is insanity 101, and uh, it's uh, it's at our doorstep. It's yeah. uh, it's knocking on the door, Mr. McTagg. What um, what should we what should we be doing? Again, keeping in mind the objective is to, to to operate as cleanly as we possibly can, but do so in a, in a manner that that takes advantage of the opportunities Canada has to create funding for ourselves and and have a reasonable and l- logical target to be aiming for. What do we need to do? I think we have to recognize that uh, you know this, this journey towards this great green transition isn't going to happen in seven years or in 50 years. It may be a lot further down the road, but I think we have to get real. The technologies surrounding things like solar and, and wind, although they're interesting, can nowhere displace what we're seeing in the current menu of a variety of, uh, of energies. We have a diversity of energy in this country, which is, uh, it, it, it sounds trite, but it is the envy of the world. We can switch from one to another. Unfortunately, our politicians, backed by their friends, uh, you know, many of them receiving money from the federal government to, you know, to lobby the federal government, uh, you know, now suggesting that we have to put all of our eggs in one electrification basket. You were talking about that a little earlier. You know, I saw Nova Scotia three years ago go through a very serious situation in which they had, well, uh, you know, a, a hurricane hit and it knocked out much of their electrical grid. Uh, and for several days, there was no power. But those who had propane, those who had natural gas, were able to get by. And so this is the kind of thing. We are you know, a very inhospitable uh, climate country. And therefore, for that reason, I think we have to be all the more careful not to paint ourselves into a corner. Uh, so is it, is it, is it a case, Dan, is it just a case that we're getting ahead of ourselves politically and otherwise we're getting ahead of the curve, so far ahead of it, that the, we are, we're having trouble staying even or even catching up? We have stifled the ability for oil and gas to make product. And as a result, with surging demand, not just in Canada, but around the world globally, you're seeing the effects of uh, the pullback, the lack of financing by uh, what they call environmental, sustainable, and governance. The, the things that Mark Carney and the UN and their friends are pushing. I mean the next, you mean, mean the next liberal leader? The next liberal leader. Well, if there's still a country to govern. Let's be honest. This is, uh, this, this, where we find ourselves now economically uh, is not something that even Mr. Carney can uh, can handle, uh, despite his uh, prowess. Uh, although he's a clever man, he's a very funny. smart man. Yeah, very smart man. But smart men uh, inheriting a very very difficult situation that they in, in fact created. But 
I don't want to digress. We're looking at a tripling of the cost of energy, and the supply of energy is simply not there. The Chinese have made it very clear they can't even get coal, so they're prepared to pay any price for that. What does that say for natural gas? What does that say for home heating fuel? It means Canadians are going to pay a hell of a lot more for everything. Okay, let, let, me, let, me, let, let me just stop you there and ask yeah. you to do this in the minute and a half left we have left. Canadians for Affordable Energy is the name of your group, right? Yep. So what is this energy going to cost Canadians, the energy that we require as individuals, as families, as groups, what is it going to cost us over the next year and a half? How, how much more expensive is it going to get? The whole package. Look for a doubling of heating costs, first of all. So your propane, if you paid 1200 bucks last year, it's going to be 2400 this year by the end of the year. Uh, you're going to see the same thing for very similar for natural gas. Electricity prices, depending on where you are in the country, will continue to rise. Heating, uh, stove oil, uh, maritimes, uh, with the one and two carbon taxes, thrown into that. Look for those prices uh, now in Newfoundland, for instance, $1.55 for a litre of gasoline to go towards $1.80. Look for average prices Woo-hoo. in Canada for the next couple of years to be a lot closer to $1.80 to $2 a litre. And that's, of course, what the government wants before it imposes the second carbon tax, the dreaded clean fuel standard, which I point out no party currently represented in the House of Commons opposes. I think that's all going to change. This is going to get very real, Roy. I have a little experience as the U in politics. Uh, I think uh, consumers are going to find affordability is finally going to become number one as it should be in this country. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.